I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Royal Sports World Grand Prix on Sky Sports. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar. We are back because BDC Major Darts are back. That's right. We're going to be here every single night this week reviewing all of the action as it happens. And tonight, joined by Lee Boyce and Charlie Hopper, and in a couple of minutes, we will have Sarah Kinsella from Ball Sports jumping on as well to give us uh, their perspective from the evening. Gents, thank you very much for joining me. How are we? Yeah, I'm all good. All yeah, good. really good, thank you. Glad you've been on the blog all night. How's that been? Yeah, it's been good. I'm just uh, excited all day that the fallout bars back. The only difference is I'm not sat in Blackpool this time, which is a bit disappointing. Um, You're probably better I'm... off not sat in Blackpool, to be fair. Let's, let's not say that to everybody that's from Blackpool, shall we? Because yeah. we might get lynched a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in Blackpool. We're not in. We're not in. We're not in Dublin for a change. We are in Leicester. Um, well, we're all at home, obviously, but the, the Grand Prix has been at Leicester. Hello to everybody in the chat room as well. And just like that, we are joined by Sarah from Boyle Sports. Sarah, very good evening to you. How are you? I'm great. Thanks very much for having me. Great night of, of darting action. Um, wasn't it like I really enjoyed it? Now it's great to actually. Um, have it started we look forward to it so much but night one over done and dusted it's hard to believe it's just like that so looking forward to the action now tomorrow yeah it absolutely flies past i bet you're in the venue aren't you you're actually in the morning side um how different is it being being there instead of 
the City West in Dublin. Yeah, so like, and I missed out last year as well. Um, I didn't come over. I was at the Grand Slam last year. But obviously, City West the year before, it was electric. Like, it's just the Irish just know how to party, don't they? Just <laughs> no bias there whatsoever from you, Sarah. That's not all. It's brilliant. Like the pictures of beer were flying out the cities. But look, it was brilliant atmosphere here tonight as well, of course. And it's great to see like getting back to some sort of normality. Do you know what I mean? In Ireland now, it's still a bit strict. So for me coming over here, I don't have to wear masks or anything. So I don't know myself, to be honest. It's great. So look, just delighted to be here. But yeah. The atmosphere just obviously last year the with no crowds it's just so bleak you know it's it goes for every sport but fans mean a hell of a lot to sport we really are lost without them so it's good to have them back yeah and from a spectator view the venue looks fantastic i thought it looks like it's it's made to host pdc darts we've seen a few events there before the champions league i think it was uh, once upon a time um, obviously, you are from Ball Sports, so we're going to get the Ball Sports lowdown before we go on to reviewing all of the action tonight. So, uh, anything stand out for you tonight? Did a certain defending champion's performance affect anything in the market? It certainly did. We have loads of market movers. I had to write them down. There were so many of them. So, I'll, I'll just go through the obvious ones that played tonight. But the others that didn't play, they actually shortened as well because that goes without saying the market has just moved a bit dramatically so Gerwin Price is now 11 to 4 favourite from 4 to 1 um, after his win tonight and then we have Dave Chisnell big enough mover 14 to 1 from 33 to 1 we have Luke Humphreys 25 to 1 from 40 to 1 we have Mervyn King Mervyn King is 28 to 1 from 100 to 1 we have Ross Smith 40 to 1 from 125 to 1 James Wade is 12 to 1 from 28 to 1. And then Stephen Bunting, before his match tonight, he was actually backed into 66 to 1 from 125 to 1. And then he went on to win, obviously. So now he's cut further into 33 to 1. So look, all them winners tonight, fairly dramatic movement in, in the outright. And then we have the likes of Michael Van Gerwen, 9 to 2 from 5 to 1. Peter Wright, 5 to 1, 6 to 1. And Jose de Souza, who I just love. I hope he wins it. I really do. He's 10 to 1 from 12. Everyone loves Jose, don't they? Like, I've fallen in love with him ever since he won the Grand Slam last year. He's just such a lovely guy. I'm buzzing for his match now tomorrow night. More movers than a 1980s nightclub there. They're all over the place. Sunday <laughs> night fever. We're going for it. I have this. I don't know if you can see the dart, the practice dart boards over there. But uh, this is where I am tonight. Anyway, it's nice and quiet in here. So, um, yeah, plenty of movers. And look, excellent matches tonight, but more excellent matches to look forward to tomorrow. Um, go through some of the prices of the matches tomorrow with you, if you like. Yeah, um, that was my next question anyway. So you're way ahead of the ball. Honest to God, yeah. I'm, I'm, I knew it was coming, you know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, look, we have, obviously, um, Vincent Van de Voort is 6-5. Gabriel Clemens is 4-6. to six. And then from the top, the width, the Darius is eight to five, and Brendan Dolan is one to two. We have Callan at two to one. We have Johnny Clayton at four to eleven. We have Nathan Aspinall at four to five. We have Ratajaski at evens. Gary Anderson is four to nine. Ian Wright is seven to four. Peter Wright is one to three. Bob Cross nine to four. Michael Van Gerwen is, of course, a very short two to nine against Nobert, who's 130. And Jose de Souza, who I've been just talking about there, is, I think this is crazy, right? But he's one to seven and Glenn Durant is nine to two. Like, 
I think that's crazy pricing. Yeah, I suppose that represents the rise of Jose and, and the slight fall of Glenn since the Premier League victory that he managed to pick up. Um, that's tomorrow, then. So I guess there's, there's one more question before we let you get back to whatever else you need to do this evening. Um, dream final. Is it still Price versus Michael Van Gerwen? Is that still what you guys want to see? I suppose, yeah. Like, obviously, look, we have a couple of losers in the outright book and you always want to see an outsider win, don't you? But really, I think the way things are going and the fans come back, people want to see these top players. They want to see these guys take each other on again. So, look, we have a name, the finalist, Mark, and I can actually um, pop it up here in front of me. So, who have we got? So, Gerwin Price, Michael Van Gerwen finalist, 9-1, to one, lads. That's a terrific price, really, when you think of it, like... So, very, very tempting, considering the recent return to former Michael Van Gerwen and the way that those two played against each other at the Orator recently as well. Um, I think that's it from you this evening, then, Sarah. We're going to let you get back on with whatever else you need to do backstage at the morning side, but we'll see you tomorrow evening. Thank you very much for hopping on, and we will speak to you tomorrow night. No problem. Thanks very much, lads. Cheers. <laughs> Sarah from Boyle Sports then there. Um, with that, boys, I guess all that's left to do now, well, I say all that's left to do, we've got eight <laughs> games to review and then eight games to look forward to tomorrow. So the bulk of the show is still to come. And considering where the biggest story of the night came from, I think now is a pretty good time to work in reverse order this evening. So we're going to start from game number eight. So... Why is it the minute I look at a question, a comment from a chat room, it's tugboat as well. Don't even, don't dare put that one up. No, happily taken, man. Me, thank you very much. <laughs> we will, we'll have words on Facebook. Don't forget to do get your interactions into the chat room as well. We'll try and pop some of them up on the screen, especially as we're going in between each game. If you've got any thoughts, feelings, or any dying, burning questions you want from us three, don't forget to pop them up on the screen and we will respond to them and everybody else can take a look at what you're saying as well. So uh, game number eight of the night is where we're going to start Lee Boyce and the only seed of the night to fall. Dimitri Vandenberg's recent struggles continue as Ryan Sell beats him 2-1. Yeah, what just an, an all-round game. It was so good. I was, uh, part of me was hoping for a 2-0 and then to be wrapped up in six led. So we did that the fallout bar started a little bit earlier. <laughs> we're just that desperate to the theme tune, aren't we? Yeah, however, um, we did see we did see some class starts. It was 11 and 12 to start in set one, uh, a lead from each, and then obviously the 150 finish. So, and then if, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think set three also started with an 11 and a 12, uh, one from each player. Um, so the quality was there. There was obviously twindles of frustration from Dimi, um, and then the ending, they've, well, the missed start by Dimmy again. I had the I had the end line ready. So I've done the roundup for us tonight as well. I had the headline ready as a the Dimmy special comeback was there for me, <laughs> but unfortunately the uh, the double sits thing just didn't prevail for him. So, but well done, Ryan Sell. Very good performance, and then that top sitting is going to be a, a danger for everyone else in his side of the draw because uh, once he starts on them tops, dropped off a little bit. Uh, a couple of leads in the second set, but overall the top sitting was very good. Yeah, completely agree. Charlie, we're going to move you on to the next game. Normally, we'd give you both opinions on both. We'll do that later in the week because we have so many games to talk about and people have to get to bed. It's 20 past 11 already. So game number two that we'll talk about in reverse order is obviously what could have been 
uh, the tie of the night. Everybody was picking this one out way before it got started. Um, bit of a non-starter, really, in, in that regard, because Gerwin Price was bloody impressive tonight. 100 average from the defending champion. Superb from him, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, you mentioned there he was really impressive. Um, and I think that was probably just what he wanted for the first game. Um, it's a shame that Michael Smith couldn't, you know, match that, you know, the intensity from Price. But I think when Price is on, on his game, like he was tonight, it's hard to beat him. So, you know, he'll be probably sat back in his hotel room now, absolutely delighted that he's got through. Um, and, you know, he's he's now, as we heard earlier, he's, he's the favourite. So, you know, on a performance like that, you'd be expecting him to go, you know, some, for three quarters or if not all of the way in the tournament. Yeah, and Bully Boy, look, it's difficult to play against 100 average, especially in the double in format. But I didn't want two six in the first leg. Were you thinking maybe here we go? He just looked like he didn't deserve that first leg, to be honest, did he? So once he's stolen it, was that the moment you thought maybe this is going to happen? Yeah, I think with with Price once it once it starts clicking, it's very very hard to stop him from um, from taking on that momentum. So when I saw you know sort of the start of the game, I was thinking maybe are we going to see an upset? Are we going to see Price um, you know really be pushed to the wire? But um, it wasn't meant to be, and as I say, once the once the juggernaut of price continues and keeps going, it's it's very hard to sort of put him off. And as you mentioned, a hundred average there, it's um, you know he wasn't going to get beaten tonight. Yeah, definitely not. He might not get beaten at all in this tournament if he produces that again. Uh, third game to talk about, game number six of the evening, Lee. I've come to you because I know how much I love this man, so you must love him equally. James uh, Wade beats Damon Hetter two one in a game of well. The line I used on social media was, you miss, I hit. It wasn't the best performance from James Wade. Damon had afforded himself chances, but every time he didn't take those chances, James Wade was right there to slam the door in his face, wasn't he? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit boring with a James Wade win sometimes that we keep saying, wading. It's wading all the time from Wade, but exactly what it was, especially in that first set. Uh, Etta missed two to win it 3-1, then missed two to win it in the uh, last leg. So there's plenty of opportunities there from Hetto. And at that point, to be honest, I thought Wade was then going to push on. Um, but actually, he pushed Hetto on a little bit. And we obviously saw that though to one apiece. But it was just James Wade doing James Wade things. It was a, a typical James Wade win. And I know we've spoke about a similar player to Wade before in like Duzza. I think Hetto's very similar as well. Um, but overall, he's going to be disappointed, Damon Hetto, with not winning that down with the opportunities he had. But for his first time in the Grand Prix, it's not, you know, it's not a nightmare for him. He, he, overall, he's had a good year. He's had a difficult couple of months. Um, there, was, there was just chances there, but Wade always punishes those. That's what James Wade does. And what a way to finish. 2-1-2-1 uh, checkouts, one of which on the ball. Uh, and it being the winning one on the ball, so fair play. And I did fancy Etta to have a goal. He's on one thirty, I believe. I did yeah. fancy I did fancy Etta to have at least at least have a doubt the ball uh, on that. No, no. But it's James Wade. Like James Wade doing James Wade things, isn't he? And, uh, do you know the, the comparison between those two is one that I've made quite frequently recently, which is why it was probably more surprising that Hetta missed so many opportunities because if one eighty hitting is better than James Wade's, but I don't think his scoring is as consistent. But his doubling is, is what won him the World Series when he won when he beat James Wade in the first round, by the way. Massive throwback to that. Um, 
And I just thought they'd be a bit closer. Comment on the screen. We'll, we'll talk about this one. James Wade, the most complicated man in darts. Amount of games he loses from a strong position or wins of his back against the wall is frightening. Will his talent ever get the trophy hall it deserves? Um, it's, it's it's a very impressive trophy um, I would I would not say no to his trophy cabinet. I think the, the, the main point in the question is, does he and should he have won a world championship by now? And will he ever get one? And I think to that, it, it probably should have been not just world championship. His trophy hall is very impressive. But I would probably say it should be more impressive. Um, yeah. I don't want to knock what he's done, because what he's done is unbelievable. Um, he should have a world champion. He should be a world champion. He should also have more in that trophy cabinet. However, it's it's pretty impressive what he's achieved and what he's still down to achieve. He's not he's not someone who we're talking about who's dropped uh, his time on down or anything like that. He's going to win more. Um, but And that might be this week, because we have these sort of first um, first round games where someone sort of edges through and don't really deserve to, I guess. And then those on and pushes in. It's, it's an interesting tie in round two for him, which you'll fancy. Yeah, for, for a two-time world champion, his recent record in this event is not very good at all, but he is over the line. Uh, on to the next game. Uh, Dave Chisnell, Mensor Sulevich, uh, Charlie. Dave Chisnell has made a name for himself getting out of the first round. He's been very, very good at this event for a player that, all the criticisms always about how his action breaks down under pressure a little bit. His starting double is one of the most successful in this tournament over people that have played as many times as he has. Started very brightly. Mensor hits back at one apiece. All the momentum's with him, but it's Dave Chisnell that gets through the first round again. Yeah, um, I think it's such a unique tournament, isn't it, when you're starting on that double, and that will get him. That probably will take him a long way in the tournament because he's so successful on getting himself underway um but i think he came up against mensa soyevich the world 28 it, it just wasn't you know the average from mensa was nowhere near what it needed to be to really challenge chizzy and i think the 92 in the second set i think it was uh, when mensa um leveled the game that was you know it, it was impressive from him um, but apart from that chizzy didn't really have to um, sort of get into another gear. Um, and he, again, he just got the job done with, you know, only two 180s in the whole game. I think we've become quite accustomed to seeing Chizzy um, put the 180s in quite a lot. So for him to just get the job done, the starting double's going well for him. He'll be pretty a pretty pleased man in the hotel this evening. Yeah, Mensor, a bit of a resurgence of late since the World Cup. Obviously, didn't quite get a line here, but it's just good to see him back on TV playing darts again, isn't it? Because He's a he's a big threat when he when he turns up and plays well. He's Champions League winner, took Austria to the final of the World Cup of Dart. He's a very very talented player when he wants to, and he's a player that possibly hasn't got the longest amount of time left on tour. So we want to see him make the most of it whilst he can. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big fan of Mensa. Um, you know, I think the way he goes about his game is is very. You know, he's, he's just, he just gets on with his with the business. He he does the business. I think the World Cup run will probably have reignited that spark that he's probably been missing over the last couple of um, months. So, you know, hopefully we'll see him, you know, sort of pick up a bit of form now towards the World Championships. But, um, you know, he's always a threat. You can never sort of, you can never um, second-guess Mensa and, and count him out of any game. Yeah, Dob, so. Dob, just just one point. Well, one question really for you on this one. I want to sort of flip it around. The first set that Cheesy wins... Three now. What, Mensor plays the whole set down for double sixteen at the start of this for the start of every leg. Thoughts? 
considering he's probably when we've spoke before about if you could have one player on any double for your life, he's got to be in the top probably five and men's or double fourteen. So why would you have a double start event and then him go to double sixteen? I don't, the only thing I could think of is that if he's playing someone that starts on tops like Chizzy does, he's given up 12 points a visit on an attempt and it, he just sees that as too much. I suppose it's it's not massive. I think he did that last year as well and it didn't work very well. And it didn't work very well to start this time. Um, so he swapped back to Old Faithful and he got back in the game. I think maybe it's the adjustment. Maybe he fancies the, the uh, 32 to 57. You see Damon Hetter using that route a lot. A lot of players won't switch all the way back up. I'm not sure. I, I genuinely what? don't know. I don't know why that would have gone through his head. Um, yeah, only Mensor knows really, and he's always going to be a bit of an enigma, isn't he? Yeah, it's just very, it's just very strange to see. And I think the first lady won. He could have left double 16, but left double 14 and took it out first start. And you're thinking, well. I understand the 12-point theory, but however, if you're missing double 16 that often... Yeah, you're missing out. Way, you're scoring no points. You're, yeah, you're even further behind, yeah. yeah. It seemed a bit weird. Yeah, I suppose the main point of that start of double is just, just get it. The only time yeah. I'd ever really recommend a swap is if you're six, nine darts behind. You have to go back to tops. I'm sorry, you have to go back to tops and pray that you can fire at a 160 just try and get back in the leg. Anything else is a little bit irrelevant. So... Yeah. Um, on to the next one. I can't uh, lead back to you. That's how it goes. And you've got another upset. You've got them both tonight, I think. Um, I won the game of Ice Spy because nobody else posted it first. So thanks for coming, boys, because uh, Ross <laughs> Mudger Smith had one of these on his <laughs> chest. Um, but he also had a 2 0 victory over Joe Cullen. And there's quite a big gap between these two tonight, Lee. Yeah, there was quite a big gap. We're in for uh, signs for Joe Cullen. Um, I'm gutted that I've got this day and that you've come to me on this one because if you remember on Monday, our, our picks for the final, mine was Michael Van, Der- Michael Van Derwen to beat Joe Cullen in the final, yeah. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. But this is brilliant. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> 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 Tell us about how you've got yet another prediction wrongly, boys. Yeah, so I predicted that as well as Derwin Price to be knocked out first round. Derwin well for me. Derwin really well. Um, you weren't yeah, the only one with a Derwin Price call, to be fair. There were lots of calls for Michael Smith today, but he was bloody impressive, as we've already said. Yeah, and, and I think as as Price was very impressive, but credit where credit due, Ross Smith today was very good. Averaging 91 at a double start is a very good average. Um, he, he punished Joe Cullen throughout. Um, we're going to be slightly biased towards Ross Smith, as you said, because we're going to see online data then on TV on Tuesday. Um, I'll try and beat you to Twitter on Tuesday when it's back on there. <laughs> and um, but yeah, overall, on a, a serious note, Ross Smith, he, he's a very, very good performance. He's going to light the, the draw he's got. Obviously, I know he's in the same quarter as Derwin Price, but the draw he's not there when you're looking at it. Uh, he's going to fancy himself uh, against Chizzy. Uh, it's difficult down. We know how the Chizzy seems to do at the World Grand Prix, even though it goes completely against his day normally, but not being great at doubles. Um, but a very, very solid performance, Ross Smith. Slight concerns about Joe Cullen. Uh, Obviously not in ranting or anything in positions, but just he just didn't look quite at it tonight. Talking of fancying yourself, like you said about six sentences ago, our producer, ladies and gentlemen, tonight is Charlie Featon in the background. He just flashed <laughs> up his own comment. <laughs> <laughs> and don't he doesn't deserve to be on screen either. Absolutely no chance, Tugboat. Jar is definitely far more annoying than I am. That's why 
on the got. Uh, three games to go, and this one possibly could have gone either way, but for, very, for the start of the evening, for the first four games, boys, it was pretty much one-way traffic. It was 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0. Easy to say that four times past. Um, Stephen Bunting, in incredibly impressive fashion, almost hitting the ton average himself, um, dismantling Daryl Gurney, Charlie. Yeah, um, I mean, it was really impressive from Stephen. Um, you know, they're both, uh, what are they, 16th and 17th in the world. So, you know, it was a game that I was really looking forward to um, prior to the event getting underway. Um, and, you know, Daryl Gurney will be disappointed, one from 10 in the first set. Um, but, you know, the second set is when he's going to be looking now to pick up the momentum and take that, obviously win it and then take it in. But when Stephen Bunting comes out with 106 average, to then take the second set to win the game. You've just got to hold your hands up and say, Do you know what, I've been beaten by the better man. So Stephen was really impressive. And I'm really looking forward to seeing his match against James Wade because that one, I couldn't really call that at the moment. If Stephen puts in a performance like that, we could be going all the way. I think I missed this at the time. Was that a 10 dart leg to win the match in a double start format? That's yeah. mightily impressive from Stephen Bunting, who... Look, he had a run at the match play a couple of years, but he seems to go through phases, doesn't he? He's not the most consistent player in the world. He won on his debut on the Pro Tour when he first moved over from the BDO. Being a bit up and down, obviously had an appearance in the Premier League, etc. Went deep at the match play a couple of years back, made the semi-final. He's capable of putting a run in, especially if he plays like that. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, look to to sort of keep Daryl Gurney down and, and beat him two sets to nil. Um, I think the Irishman will be, the Irishman will be absolutely gutted with that because, you know, he'd, he'd have fancied his chances against Stephen Bunting, but you know what you're going to get. If Stephen turns up on the night, he's very hard to beat. Um, and he's another one to throw into the hat of, of, you know, potentially pushing, pushing all the way and, and potentially, you know, causing some upsets as the tournament progresses. Completely agree. Lee, I said you've had both the upsets already. This one possibly could be classed as an upset, considering that the player that lost um, is a former finalist of this event. But given the year that Luke Humphreys is having, maybe it's not so much of an upset. Yeah, it's, it's, it was one that we, we've, we was talking about the other day, and I know there's probably about 14, 15 names that we're saying in, in this first round that were quite close and it was hard to call. And this was going to be one of them. And it was all on dirt um, for me because we've seen a standard from Luke Humphries and he seems to be able to hit that standard quite often now. The consistency is coming. Um, with dirt, we've just not seen that at the moment. Um, and it, it it can always turn up. It can always put in performances. That he gave Luke way too much time um, in a lot of leads. He's starting, he's starting doubles. I'm not sure on what his percentage was, but he wasn't great at the start of leads. Uh, giving him plenty of opportunities. Um, and, it, and he's one we're going to look at because as we come into the back end of the year, there's so many tournaments. Um, but at the moment, his performances and his early exits in these tournaments are, are, are a real concern for someone who, after his run he had in lockdown, is someone who's all expecting to push on to better things um, with a crowd returning, you know, the big water uh, and all that sort of thing that we that we dirt. And I don't think we've seen that. We've seen quite the opposite, which is not the only player we've, we've spoke about with that, but with dirt, we've seen a bit of a down Luth on Frizzy's is one we're going to be watching for many, many years. Um, it's only I don't want to say it's only a matter of time before he wins one because there's that sort of pressure that we can put on, like we have done with Mott Smith. But 
I think if you look at the next 12 months from here on in, there's going to be at least a final, I would expect on TV, at least a number of semi-finals. He's going to be there or thereabouts. It's just, can he then make that step up and win, uh, win one? But he's going to be in the latter stage of these tournaments without a doubt. Yeah, quick word on uh, Van Dijvenberg, although I suspect we might talk about him on the next uh, Live Lounge in a couple of weeks' time, by the time we actually get back to it next Monday when we review the final as well. It's not the first time we've seen him have this sort of dip. He was a development tour player, was playing okay, didn't really show up for a while, uh, went to Q School to get his card back, has had a, a mega 18 months, and now struggling as a dip as a little bit. If you're going to be a top, top player... You can't really go in those cycles, can you? you? You've got to find a way to just stay at a level with a with a B or a C game when the things aren't quite going your way. Yeah, and there's the sort of turning points that you're looking for, and things that, and the one thing that I looked at was the World Cup, and I thought that's that would be something that pushes him on, not just him, but for Michael as well at the time. And we didn't have it there; we didn't have those performances. We haven't seen them since, uh, and I'm not quite sure when we will see him. He's got too much quality, surely, to just drop off. Uh, and continue to perform how he is at the moment. But it is times where, like I say, there's that many opportunities with the tournaments we've got coming up, but we need to see him produce produce what he did produce to get to the final last year. Completely agree. Let's talk about the last game, and then before we look ahead to tomorrow, uh, Mervyn King, no surprises there, Charlie. Double 16 is the way to go for Merv, and he gets a job done 2-0 against Martin Clearmacker. Yeah, um, not the greatest of, of games to start off, to be honest. The, the quality wasn't there, but I think both both players will will probably feel like the, re- the result was deserved. Mervyn, um, his reaction after the game probably says everything that we needed to know about the game, really. Just, I think he had a bit of a chuckle after um, against the against Martin Claymaker, and it, it, he had some chances as well. So, you know, it, the game could have gone in a different way. He missed plenty of doubles. Um, I think he took um, three out of 21 doubles that he, had a ch- that he threw out. So there's, there was chances there to potentially affect the results. Um, but as, as you say, Merv's just... What you see is what you get with Merv, um, and he won't change ever. And, um, you know, his success rate on that double is uh, is up there in, in, in the top percent in the whole of the darts, uh, darts world. Yeah, Lee, I'll throw it to you quickly because you saw what I put on Twitter the other week about if you had one player in the world right now at any double segment to save your life. There was a couple of comments from Mervyn King on double 16. His success rate tonight on double 20 when he needed it was far better than that of double 16. It's something that we've seen add to his game. Do you think he might possibly move away from it in the next round? Not a chance. Not a chance. I've got to ask the question at you. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I've followed Mervyn King for a while. I think you've followed him even longer than I know you're a big fan, but do you, honestly believe, do you honestly believe he's going to change on that 16? And oh, because... Of course I don't. It'd be like James Wade suddenly throwing at double 16, mate. It's just not going to happen, but you know. Yeah, the, it, well, it's a great backup to have, and the, probably the flip of that is, like it says, we're talking about players who, if they had one dart at a double and they had to pick the double, Mervyn King would be in that mix. So would Derwin Price be on tops, team on 16s, and it sets up uh, a great opportunity, uh, a great game. Sorry, on uh, on Tuesday with those two because we saw tonight uh, when Smith fired in a one sixty and Price then missed three. I think there was an, there was another time where Smith fired in a bit store and then Price luckily I think deflected him with the third one. So it'd be interesting that on Tuesday because there's not many times that Mervyn King's not the new to double within his first three, and if he can then find a bit store, that's when we'll see the pressure and 
how good Price is playing at the moment uh, to see if he can handle that pressure. I'm not going to say that he'll get knocked out to them because I'm not going <laughs> to uh, I'm not going to play the stupid one twice this week. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see that. As but to answer your question. No, he's no. not going to switch. Thanks for the really long answer to Willie Soffin's double. Uh, cameras at the ready for that one as well, because they do meet in the next round, and that is just going to be facial expression gurning heaven in that match. Um, let's talk about tomorrow then, boys. We'll go in game order on the night. Uh, just jump in for this one. We'll see how we can go. Game of one, Darius Labanowskis, Brendan Dolan. Um, look, Brendan's got the pedigree in this one. He is the history maker, the first man to hit the nine darter, and he is playing okay recently. But Darius Labanowska's recent success on tops, we've seen it in a couple of events, especially the World Cup. Is he is he a big threat to Brendan Nolan tomorrow, boys? I think he is. Um, I think he's a real... I think that's a great game to start off, actually, to be honest. Um, it's a hard one to call. I think both players are... Are going to be, you know, they're evenly matched, aren't they? So um, the opportunities are there. But I think if Darius is as successful as as we know he can be on tops, he could cause a real problem for Brendan Dolan tomorrow night. Completely agree. Game number two. This one, boys, I think this is a bit difficult to call purely because of how up and down these two have been. The favourite will obviously be Johnny Clayton. He's got the pedigree of the Masters and the Premier League champion. But after the performance we saw from Callum Ridds to beat Peter Wright at the European Tour last weekend, we know the ceiling game that Callum has. Over a short format, if he turns up, Johnny Clayton's got he's got a he's got a game on his hands, hasn't he, Lee? Yeah, he, he's definitely got a game on his hands. The, the one thing that a, a big strength of Clayton's is he's finishing um, down the left-hand side of the board. Which to me gives him, made him a stronger favourite than if this was just a in any other competition other than the Grand Prix. Uh, I think it gives Clayton a, a better opportunity. However, if Winston performed the levels we saw across, not just the Peter Wright one, I can't remember the other win that he had uh, the weekend with a 105, 106, and Peter Wright was 110 or something. Was there was, yeah, there was, there was, I was going to say, there was <laughs> two in there, but we've seen Wins do it before. And, to me, it wouldn't be a massive shock in beating Clayton. I just have Clayton. Uh, I think, like says, the tournament plays into to his favour, and he didn't have a great weekend last weekend. But overall, Clayton's in good form, so he, he, I'd expect him to win. But I wouldn't be overly surprised if we'd done through it with a short format. Yeah, we'll move on to game number three. While you're there, chat room, don't forget to get your predictions in for tomorrow night as well. Just fire them in the chat room. We'll pop them up once we finish. Through all eight, like Craig has done, he's even corrected his spelling. Look, we don't even have to call him out on it. What a boy. Uh, <laughs> number three, let's hope George Noble's reffing this one tomorrow because there might not be a lot of room on the stage if it's anybody a little bit bigger. Uh, Vincent van der Voort and Gabriel Clemens, two absolute giants, take on each other in game number three tomorrow night. Charlie, how do you see this one going? It's going to be another really good game. Um, I'm really looking forward to the whole the night as a whole. Um, I think Gabriel Clemens will win the game, um, but I think it will be tight between the two. I mean, Clemens is off the back of beating Devin Peterson um, and beating Luke Humphreys in the European Tour. So, you know, he, he'll take a lot of confidence from that. Um, but I think both of them are, are very hit and miss. I think Van der Voort is very hit and miss. Um, and I think if they both, um, you know, kick on, as we'd hope, I think we're in for another really, really good game. Completely agree. 
Uh, game number four, Lee, we're coming to you on this one. And I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that one of the best starters hitting a double to get underway in this tournament, at least last year, if not the couple of recent years and the, the, the players in the field, Nathan Aspinall takes on Christoph Ratajski. And I'm pretty sure Aspinall's name was right at the top. Ratajski's name was right at the bottom. He did not enjoy this event last year on the doubles. I'd see this one going. Well, this this on um, last Monday, this was my tip of uh, game of round one, and I still think it will die that way. I'm expecting 13, 14 legs, uh, three set. I, I edge towards Aspinall and probably a little bit more. Now you've just told me that stat. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think Aspinall's due a good run uh, at one of these, and I think it's enough on this week. But it, it can be a toss of a time because of the inconsistencies we've seen at times from Aspinall, and it seems like the inconsistencies we always see from today that I'm not sure if he's going to throw an 80 average in this one or if he wins this one with an 105, it's an 80 average in the next one or something. Because pretty much. That's pretty much what, yeah, that's what he's been doing uh, the majority of the time. Edge towards Aspinall, but yeah, for me, this is this is the dame of the night for me. Uh, or it has the potential to be, I should say. It has the potential to be if, if both can play out the thunder. Anastasios likes ask for this quarter as a couple of others might do but to quote myself on Twitter recently that didn't go down very well with our producer Christoph Ratajski is a little bit of a different animal on TV recently so maybe maybe we'll see something a little bit special from the Polish Eagle uh, game number five boys and he just wants to play darts Gary Anderson is back on stage against the NY Ian White fresh from his uh, recent surgery uh, Gary Anderson has, has, has promised us he's been practising. Didn't hear much from Ryan Sell afterwards because we've been so busy. We didn't hear if he let the cat out of the bag, if they've actually got together like they've been threatening. Um, but Gary Anderson is back at the Grand Prix, Charlie. And mm, I think he's a pretty good favourite for this one. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if he was to be beaten. Um, but I expect him to get the job done. Um, you mentioned there Ian White off the back of a surgery. So, you know, maybe that's hampered his his opportunities to, to practice as much as he'd like. But Gary Anderson, again, it'll just be all in enjoyment for for Gary. He'll be just wanting to go out on the stage, enjoy it. Um, and I expect him to get the job done um, pretty easily, pretty comfortably against Ian White. And, you know, it's it's this is an opportunity now for Gary to sort of just silently go about his business in the tournament because no one's really talking about him. Um, but I expect him to get the job done tomorrow night. Yeah, completely agree. On to the next one, and Lee, this one, you're getting all the tasty little clashes for this as well. Next up is the World Cup champion, Peter Wright, with his partner, John Henderson, obviously, is in this event, against Rob Cross. Oh, my God, as if this is a first-round game, given the two's recent success. Um, but surely, surely... The only question to ask here is, what darts is Snakebite going to turn up with? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's the only question. Um, we've, we've spoke earlier about people and their chosen doubles. I'm not 100% certain where Cross will do if other 18s or yeah. 16s. Uh, so I'm not, sure, I'm not sure where either of them start, to be honest. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're probably right there. Because we're not sure what equipment he's going to use, never mind where he's going to be aiming to put that equipment. Um for me, this one's all on Rob Cross um, because Peter Wright does that standard, does that tends to be that consistent standard when it comes to these big events. Uh, I nearly said major then. These big TV events. Um, 
there is that standard that we seem to see with Peter Wright. It is all on Rob Frost. As then, if Rob Frost turns up, this this has to be the highlight of of round one. If we see the performance from both, uh, yeah, the the point um, producer Jar, what's a major? Um, but for me, it's uh, right. Right, Frost has that potential because why is it around one tie? And it's only because of the drop off of Rob Frost recently. If Rob Frost then performs. Uh, <laughs> trying to distract me here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I edge towards Peter Rice, and I think uh, you anyone who goes to cross, it's more on their heart than the head at the moment. But it's uh, it's the doubles for cross. Peter Rice's going to be 16s, I would assume, and we know his 16 hitting is very good. Rob Frost is how he starts and where he starts. And the worry is if he does if he does 18s or 20s, if he doesn't find it in the first three or he doesn't find it then in the second leg, is he going to be moving around the board? Whereas Peter Wright, I think he will be fairly consistent on there. So I expect Peter Wright to win there. I expect him to win convincingly. Really? It took yeah. all of that to say he's going to win convincingly. Thank you very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, you're killing it tonight. I'm, sit, I'm sitting on the fence a little bit with it, though. That does if it comes back tomorrow. <laughs> he goes all the way. I'll do. Yeah, I did say Frost turns up. So I'm sitting on the fence a little bit with it. However, if, if I had to, I'd say Peter Wright probably wins it like 6 1 in Leeds and 2 0. So. <laughs> <laughs> we got there in the end. We got there in the end. Uh, Charlie, last game for you to talk about tonight. Mm. It's one with a head to head that favours one of the two players absolutely massively. Despite being in a couple of very, very good positions, Danny Knopfler's head-to-head against Marco Van Derwen just isn't very good. Uh, we saw that most recently at the Euro Tour. Probably should have got over the line, Danny. Let that one slip after averaging 104 for a large part of that game. Um, do you see Knopfler putting any pressure on MVG for this one? No, I think MVG gets the job done. Um, I think he'll have been watching tonight and he'll have seen going price um get through and he'll he'll want to to make a statement to everyone you know that he's that he's still here that the form is 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 in some of some of the of his of of his best form at the moment mvg so i expect him to to push aside danny nopper you know it may not have it may have thrills and spills we don't know sometimes mvg gets himself into this to these holes that he he struggles but sometimes he gets out of so i expect him to get the job done it'll be comfortable um and I hope that he comes out with a, a strong average and a good percentage on the doubles, just so that he can send out that statement um, of intent, you know, ahead of the sort of the later stages of, of the tournament. Perfect. Bang on. And as we said to Sarah earlier, the dream final for most MVG prices on the cards. They are in set for hazard a draw. Last game for you, Lee. We've given you all the close ones. We've given you all the contentious ones. Now we're giving you what on recent form should be the most clear-cut game of the week, of, of the opening round, perhaps. When the draw came out, we said that literally nobody was safe, apart from maybe Jose de Souza. But Glenn's been in, in the media this week saying that he's just waiting for that form to return. And if it does click for Glenn, he is a threat. He loves double 16. This could be the event that reignites it, because if... A player starts struggling to get in as well. His problem is he's been so far behind the legs. If a player starts struggling to get in as well, levels are playing for a little bit for Glenn to take advantage. Yeah, I think it, it's hard, it's hard to um, go on the side of Glenn in regards to, to winning this one against Jose. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get into their set, though. I think Jose wins 2-1. Uh, 
I think there's enough in there from Glenn to do, but uh, I'm going to go against totally against PB. I'm sure he's not listening at the moment, but against uh, Jose doesn't win scrappy dames. This one will be a bit of a scrap, and Jose will thump for him when it's too hard. <laughs> Mitchell subscribes to the same school of thought as well, bless him, but he's an Arsenal fan, so what does he know? <laughs> and a Scott. It's not looking good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's tomorrow all previewed then boys not sure who's on tomorrow night with me but a couple more things to uh just let everybody in the chat room know before we do uh end the show for this evening fantastic for everybody joining us in the chat room thank you very much one and all um those of you that have seen the fallout before will know that usually we'll drop some interview clips um from this evening in our review bit, the one when we're talking about everything that's happened tonight. Obviously, because there's eight games, uh, and well, 16 games for us to talk about tonight, eight to review, eight to preview. Similar tomorrow, it'll be eight to review, four to preview. We're probably not going to play clips for the first two nights, but after that, we're going to fire them out for you for the rest of the week. If you do want to hear any interviews from any of the players, uh, you're on YouTube right now. You know where to stay, straight on our channel. Head over there, and you'll hear, you'll be able to find interviews from all eight of tonight's winners. There's still a couple more to go out tonight, but they will be up there ready for you. Uh, tomorrow morning, the Live League is back on our YouTube channel as well, just after 10 a.m. You can catch that through until about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I think it normally runs to, just in case you need any more darts. And then obviously tomorrow night, day two of the Ball Sports World Grand Prix is back from 6 p.m. at the morning side in Leicester. And we'll be back here as soon as play finishes to give you the same roundup as we always do. A uh, big, massive thank you to all of our sponsors that make this happen, to Boyle Sports in particular, as they are our biggest partners for this week. They're making everything happen for us, as obviously Sarah appearing earlier. Um, so thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Thank you very much, Lee and Charlie, for joining me tonight. You boys have absolutely smashed it. Thank you to Jar in the background. I've got to say thank you to him more. I'm start crying. Basically, it'll light up YouTube not seeing him, but I can see him in the background watching the American football of miserable old so and so. Um, no live lounge tomorrow, obviously, because there is live darts on, and then we will be here with the fallout bar. But we'll be back with that next Monday. So you've got well, you've got a plethora of darting action to pick from tomorrow anyway. And don't forget to keep your eyes on our social media over the week. They're scrolling across over the bottom and head over to our website for any previews, reviews, and even the best odds from Ball Sports, guaranteed. Thank you very much for watching, everybody, tonight, and we will speak to you tomorrow. Boyle Sports World Grand Prix on Sky Sports.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 